What's up, y'all? Welcome back into the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Tanner Dimling here with y'all as always. Coming to y'all Monday night, uh, just a few hours before the uh, national title game. Got a lot of lacrosse to talk about today uh, on today's episode. We will go over the midweek schedule that is coming upon us this week, um, including a pretty big uh, conference matchup uh, to end the midweek slate and push us towards uh, into the weekend. Um, And as I mentioned on on last episode, that today I did want to go over every single conference and just kind of where things stand within individual conference races. Um, And that's what we're going to start with here today. And uh, we're going to start with the alphabetically, so the ACC. And, you know, ACC, obviously all five of these teams are going to the NCAA tournament. I don't think there's any question in my mind that that's not going to happen. Um, the only the only way that not all five would get in. Um, so, so right now it's it's Duke is ten and zero, two and zero in conference play, coming off that win over Carolina. UNC <clears throat> is one and one in conference play, eight and one overall. Their sole loss of the year is against Duke that won on Thursday night last week. And then Notre Dame, 5-1, and 1-1. One, one and one, obviously lost to Virginia in the ACC opener and then got that big win over Syracuse on Saturday. The Irish will welcome in Duke to South Bend on this Saturday for a big one there. And it... If, if Notre Dame can win that one, um, which, you know, coming into it, I think myself and everyone else would say Duke is, is going to win that one, but it, it'll be a dang good one the way that Notre Dame has been playing recently. Uh, so, you know, honestly, that's the biggest game on the docket this weekend, I, I would say, just from a quick glance overall this weekend. Uh, Duke at Notre Dame uh, is, is going to be a huge one. We also have uh, Virginia, who's sitting right behind uh, Notre Dame. Them and Q's are sitting there at the bottom uh, of the ACC with one and two conference records uh, each. Uh, in Virginia, they will travel to North Carolina, uh, second matchup of the season against the Tall Heels in the South's oldest rivalry. Um, so that that's going to be a big one as well. We saw last time uh, Virginia having to come back from behind. And, you know, Virginia right now, I don't know if y'all watched their game against Richmond on Saturday. I caught I, I caught the first half of it. Um, you know, 18-10 win. You know, what, what, we, what we expected it to be. Um, Richmond showed some fight, as always, but Virginia – clearly the best team in that one. And, you know, the way Virginia played and the way they've played, you know, against Notre Dame, um, and really I would say since they were able to come back, um, and even though it's a loss, I think that UNC game, they showed their fight in that one. Um, the 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 Cavaliers that we're seeing right now are not the um, – the inconsistent Cavaliers that we saw early in the season against Syracuse, against Carolina, where you're down one half, you're up one half. That's not what they're doing right now. They're hitting their stride maybe better than any team in the country. So, you know, when you're looking at the ACC right now, Duke, UNC, Notre Dame, Virginia are all three, all four um, NCAA tournament teams. I believe Syracuse is as well. Um, but like I said, if one team is not going to make it, um, 
it, it would probably be Syracuse unless something wacky happens and one of Notre Dame, Virginia, UNC loses out the rest of the season. Um, and even if if UNC did or if uh, Virginia did or if Notre Dame did, they're still going to have a winning record. Um, whereas if Syracuse loses out the rest of the season, you know, pulling up the schedule here this weekend against Albany, um, certainly expect that to be a win. But they have Carolina, Virginia, Notre Dame, and that game against Utah. Um, you know, assume they beat Albany. If they lose to Carolina, Virginia, Notre Dame, that gives them a five and that gives them a five and six record. If they beat Utah, that gives them a six and six record. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I don't. I honestly don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to win one of those games. Um, you know, after and, and look, they didn't. I mentioned this on Sunday. They didn't look that bad, um, as bad as everyone it, it thinks they did against Notre Dame. Now there was some glaring issues that they need to address, but. Um, if there is a team that I'm worried about in the ACC, it would be Syracuse. Uh, and like I said, Virginia seems to be hitting their stride. Notre Dame uh, is coming off a big win, and you know whether they beat Duke or not, you know I, I I still think they're probably the third best team in the ACC based on the way that they are playing. And when you look after Duke, they've got Duke again. So they have two weeks in a row where they can prove themselves against what is at the moment the number one team in the country. Um, Back-to-back games against Duke, not ideal, um, and is going to be tough. But um, if there's any any team that could beat Duke this year in the regular season, um, obviously Syracuse gave them a run for their money. Carolina... Uh, that one was an overtime game, phenomenal game. Um, outs, you know, but Notre Dame, it, it's going to be interesting there uh, when seeing them Notre Dame play them back to back weeks. So it's actually not back to back weeks, back to back games. They have a bye week and then play them again. So for Duke, it's not back to back, but for Notre Dame, it is back to back weeks, uh, back to back games, I should say, not weeks that they do play uh, Duke. So. Enough there about the ACC. Um, I think that conference, everyone is pretty, you know, we know it's it's crazy. We know a lot of different things can happen. We know how good those teams are. Um, and look, everything I said about how things could end up, the complete opposite could happen. Like, that's how, that's how good this conference is. That's how crazy things have been this season. Um, just overall. Now, moving to the America East, and as I said, we're going alphabetically here, so uh, we'll go America East, Big East, and uh, so forth. In the America East, um, we have a really big matchup this weekend. So right now, UMBC, Stony Brook, and Vermont are sitting there tied for first place with 4-1 and one records in their conference. Uh, Vermont lost their first conference game over the weekend, losing to UMBC. Uh, big, big win for Ryan Moran and his staff there, his team. Um, you know, this is a very good season for them. Their best start in, I think, 20 years is what I saw. Um, so they're having an unbelievable season. And this weekend, they've got a game, another one, where they can prove themselves. Um you know, they, they beat Stony Brook. They've beaten Vermont. Obviously, their one loss was against Binghamton, 8-7, to seven, which I would call that a fluke because the way that they've played in these other games versus that one, completely different. They've got a game at Albany this weekend. And, like, to be honest with you all, Albany coming off a of Syracuse. They're coming off a short week, have Syracuse on Thursday, UMBC at home on Saturday, you know, I honestly do think that's a game the Retrievers can win. Um, and, and that is certainly going to be interesting there. 
you know, the rest of the conference this weekend, there's not much that's going to move the sticks, you know, either way at the top. Uh, Stony Brook, I, I would expect to get a win. Vermont, I would expect to get a win, um, you know, this weekend. You know, not too many big games in that conference. So outside of the UMBC-Albany game, you know, not much else to watch, at least this weekend in the America East. But, um, you know, with those three teams stuck there in gridlock at the top of the conference, you know, I honestly do think things are set for the conference tournament. Uh, it's going to be that 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 usual format, I believe, of the top four. So you have a semifinal and a final. Um, I believe that's what it's going to be, um, just like normal. Uh, I haven't seen anything that has suggested it will be anything else but that. Um, and, and so Albany would would certainly get in there as that number four at the moment. And I, I think the America East is shaking up exactly how we thought it would be with the teams being in the tier that we thought they would be. Now, I think the order is different. I kind of thought it was going to be Albany, Stony Brook, Vermont, UMBC. It's kind of flip-flopped a bit and, and mixed up there at the moment with the Retrievers at, top, at the top, the Danes at that fourth spot, or technically second spot, and then Stony Brook and Vermont tied with the Retrievers for first overall. So very intriguing, uh, America East. And, you know, like I said, all of these teams are really good teams. Uh, Binghamton, UMass, Lowell, NJIT, Hartford are the next uh, three, four, five, and six there. Um, after Albany and after the three-way tie there at the top. This is a conference where all these teams can score goals. They know how to do that. And there's also some really good defenses in this conference as well. Uh, Vermont and UMBC being the best of the bunch. Um, But like I said, these offenses are fantastic. They can put up numbers, and and they do so every week. Um, And and look, I, I think a lot of these teams can... Uh, the top four that I mentioned can play with anybody uh, in the country. And we've seen that. Vermont gave Syracuse a run for their money. Um, Stony Brook, not so much. Um, we'll see what Albany does this weekend. Obviously, without Dehoka, uh, we've seen them kind of, you know, kind of, we've seen different iterations of Albany this year uh, with the COVID issues at the beginning, beginning of the season, the suspensions. And now with uh, Dehoka gone, we saw Graydon Hogg step up and have a fantastic game over the weekend for them. Uh, Hay has stepped up as well offensively. Donnelly has been terrific in cage. Uh, so, so we'll see what Albany does the rest of the way here as they're the only team there um, with two losses sitting in the top four at the moment. Um, but, you know, America East pretty much – the teams that will make the postseason, I think, are the teams that look like they're there now. I, I don't think we'll see much. The Big East, um, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this conference because there's not much to know. Um, Denver, Georgetown, what else do you want to know? Villanova, Providence are the next two. St. John's, Marquette are sitting there at the bottom. You know, Marquette has one conference win. St. John's has zero. You know, I mean, it it is what we thought it was going to be. The only question I had coming in for this conference was, is Providence better than Villanova or is Villanova better than Providence? Um, And we saw last weekend, um, well, we've seen twice now, uh, Villanova beat Providence in both of those games. Uh, so Villanova sweeps that series. Keegan Khan with uh, seven goals to assist in that game. Uh, one that we didn't mention on the uh, podcast yesterday, but a big one there for Villanova on Saturday. So really not like too much to know in the Big East. It's going to be Denver. It's going to be Georgetown. Now can a Villanova or a Providence potentially pull off an upset in the Big East tournament, that's certainly possible. Uh, Villanova played Georgetown uh, very close uh, a week ago, and so you know that could be something that you watch. 
um, depending on who gets matched up with who. But as things stand right now, it doesn't look like there's going to be much change. Uh, you know, Georgetown and Denver play each other again uh, second weekend, uh, second to last weekend of the season. So, you know, we'll see how that one goes. But honestly, not too much to know out of the Big East. Now, similarly, in the Big Ten, not much to know there. As well, uh, Rutgers, excuse me, Maryland and Rutgers sitting there at the top. Ohio State, and literally, I, I wrote it like this on my notes here. Um, I wrote Maryland and then, you know, put a gap. And then Rutgers put a gap. And then Ohio State and put a big gap. Hopkins, Michigan, Penn State. Now, all of these teams will make the conference tournament. So, you know, we, we could see some interesting things there. But at the end of the day, I think Maryland wins the conference. I mean, they're head and shoulders the best team. I think Ohio State with Ryan Terrafenko could possibly beat Rutgers. Um, and we saw a one-goal win for the Scarlet Knights on Saturday. If those two play again in the Big Ten tournament, you know, I wouldn't shy away from saying, hey, upset watch you. Because the way Ohio State looks with Ryan Terrafenko versus without him is night and day in multiple aspects. So, uh, you know, Big Ten right now, Maryland, Rutgers look like the top two. Ohio State's that third, and then you got that jumbled mess at the bottom of Hopkins, Michigan, or uh, Penn State, all with two and five records. Uh, Rutgers five and two. The only two losses coming to Maryland. Um, but then, look, let's not put it past us that Ohio State is three and four uh, overall, which conference only schedule, and they've lost to Penn State. Okay, they've lost to Rutgers twice, lost to Maryland, expected, but they lost to Penn State as well. So I, I don't think we can rule that out. Um, uh, and again, Ryan Terrafenko back in the lineup makes a big difference, and I think they'll win some. I mean, if you look at their schedule, you know, Hopkins, Maryland, Penn State, I think they can beat Penn State. I think they can beat Hopkins again. Um, so I don't think they'll beat Maryland, but I think they win those two games to end the season, uh, or they're very likely to. Um, so we'll see how the, how that goes. I would I will be interested in seeing how close they do play the Terrapins this time around. It was sixteen to eight last time. Uh, you know, over the weekend they lost to Rutgers ten to nine, but the previous game was twenty two to twelve. So is this iteration of the Buckeyes this late season iteration better than the? early season, I think very much so. So that's the only interesting thing there is, you know, my question is, is how big is the gap between Hopkins, Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State? You know, could some interesting things pop up in the tournament? You know, but other, other than that, I think things look pretty set in stone at the moment. CAA, Delaware, is sitting there at the top, seven and one overall, four and zero in conference play. Uh, the Blue Hens are just playing unbelievable across right now. Have been all year. Um, you know, obviously Mike Robinson and Ty Coates have been killing it um, on offense. You know, Matt Kilkiri has stepped up, and you know he's passed the test in cage. Uh, you know, having being tasked with the uh, with that difficult task of stepping up and replacing a guy like DeLuca, um, who was such a big big piece, big part, not only of that defense, but of that team uh, the past four seasons. Uh, so he's passed the test to an extent there. Um, we have Hofstra sitting in second place at the moment. Uh, UMass is in third, and Drexel is in fourth. Towson Fairfield are sitting there at the bottom with no 
conference wins as of yet. But somebody will get one this weekend with both uh, the two teams facing each other this weekend. So someone will come out of that with a win. Um, Hofstra, UMass do play each other for a second time this weekend. Um, and they played last midweek. Um, and we saw UMass win there, and they clearly looked like the better team. But UMass went and lost to Drexel on Saturday. And look, the Dragons, I think, are probably a better team than people are giving them credit for. Um, Sean Donnelly looking fantastic once again. Um, So I've been super impressed with Drexel thus far. Um, Their first game this season was the first two they lost. Um, Oh, no, they, they beat Towson. And then they lost to Delaware and then UMass to start, to, uh, start the season. And I think some people not necessarily wrote them off, but just kind of said, like, okay, they're the fourth best team in the conference, whatever, that's what we thought they were going to be. But they've, they've, they've showed that they can fight with the best of them um, in a talented team like UMass avenging that early season loss. So... You know, coming up against Delaware the second time around this season, you know, I think Delaware, you know, is probably going to get the win. But look, based on paper, but and how these teams look on paper, but you know, I wouldn't put it past anyone to say that you know, Drexel could pull out this win on 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 Saturday, um, and then Hofstra and UMass. We'll see how that one goes. Um, you know, UMass looking to bounce back. I think. You know, they, you know, well, we've seen before when they're coming off losses, they play angry. And when they play angry, they they usually uh, get the win there. But Hofstra uh, looking like a very good team. So uh, the CAA has some interesting races in it, uh, especially this weekend. Interesting uh, games that could shake up the standings here, uh, especially at the top. Um, and everyone, again, will make the conference tournament for the CAA, and if we've learned anything from the past, this is a conference with, you know, it can it can get a little messy at times, so um, th- that's certainly a, a conference that when they announced that, I, I, was, I was happy to see that, and I think that's going to be very, very entertaining. Now, the MAC, I'm not going to go too much into, because Marist has just been let out of their tyrannical lockdown. Um, and so they are back, and they will be playing this weekend. Who do they play this weekend? Let's pull this up here. Um, so Marist will play this weekend on Friday. They play at St. Bonaventure, and they play is the 11th on – that's Sunday, right? Yeah, Sunday. So they play uh, Friday-Sunday games. And, like, look, they're fitting everything in here. Um, they've postponed and rescheduled you know, all these games, and, and you know, they're getting everything in. The MAC, uh, you know, tournament starts May 1st, I, or the first weekend of May. So, um, you know, they're, they're pushing to get everything in here in April. Uh, I mean, look, they've got – the 9th, the 11th, the 13th, the 17th, the 20th, and then the 24th. So, I mean, that is a hectic schedule. You're basically playing two games a week for the next three weeks. That's uh, according to this max schedule. Now, that could change, you know, like we've seen this year, but... Um, certainly that is an interesting schedule and how they've had to redo things. Um, and, and this is going to be tough for, uh, for Marist down the stretch here. Um, so yeah, that, that is the correct schedule when you go to their, uh, to their website, uh, shows that exact same thing. So that's going to be a very, very tough stretch for them. Um, no, but I do think they, and coming out of, uh, almost a month-long lockdown, um, that's going to be even tougher because you have to get acclimated back to the field and everything. So they 
start the conference play this weekend. Obviously, you have that one win over um, who they beat, Detroit Mercy, in the opener on March 6th. As the conference stands right now, Monmouth sits at the top, Detroit Mercy, Manhattan are sitting there tied for second place, essentially. Uh, well, actually, uh, conference-wise, they're all three and one. So we have a three-way tie up top with Monmouth, uh, Detroit Mercy, Manhattan. Uh, if you go by the overall schedule, Monmouth is is up one there. Um, so, and those three teams have looked pretty good um, thus far, especially in you know prior weeks. Uh, Manhattan took their second loss of the season, uh, their first loss of the uh, conference play over the weekend, uh, losing to St. Bonaventure. Big, big win for the Bonnies. Uh, first conference counting win of program history. So congrats to them on that. They've got two wins on the season now, uh, one that counts for conference record. So this is the, the Mac when when Marist does get back into play, I'm gonna be interested to see how they do stack up against some of these teams, um, especially coming out of a almost month long uh, lockdown uh, situation on uh, unfortunate situation there um, they had to go through. but uh, so the Mac is what it is right now. Monmouth, Detroit mostly Manhattan sitting up top. Quinnipiac and Canisius and St. Bonaventure. Uh, the next three in Siena is 0-3, 0-4 overall on the season. It has not been a good season for the Saints. So a lot can change in that conference um, just with Marist just now getting into the fold conference-wise this weekend. Moving on to the NEC, we did, well, we did have an interesting one this weekend uh, with Hobart beating Bryant. Uh, the two are now kind of sitting there tied for third uh, with three and one conference records. LIU is four and one uh, in conference play. They lost to, who did they lose to this weekend? They lost to Merrimack. 14 to 10. Uh, their first loss in conference play of the season, their second loss of the year. It's been a really good start, really good year for LIU thus far. Um, until getting that loss last weekend, you know, they went almost, they went a whole month without a loss um, and then getting one last weekend. Uh, but they're still sitting there in second place. And St. Joseph's, who had a bit of a bumpy start, um, they lose to Towson, they lose to Delaware, they get blasted by Army to start the season. The UMBC game gets canceled, um, and you know they had every reason to going into conference play to come in with their heads heads down, and you know coming off of three losses, including. Won a thirteen to five loss against Army, which Army is a top five, top ten team. No, nothing to uh, certainly nothing to be ashamed of there to lose to a team like that. But coming off those three losses, no matter how you get them, um, you know they had every reason to put their heads down, to you know throw it away, what whatever you want to say, um, and they they no. They, they went to work, and they have grinded out four straight wins. Wagner, Saint, Sacred Heart, Merrimack, and a Mount St. Mary's win over the weekend. <clears throat> excuse me, not over the weekend. Uh, two weekends ago, um, their game against Wagner got postponed over the weekend, so they were not in action uh, due to COVID situations within the uh, St. Joseph's uh Team, I believe, is what it was. Um, if I remember that statement correctly that I saw, um, so that one did not happen. But they're still, you know, sitting atop the NEC with a 4-0 conf- conference record. They're going to Hobart this weekend. 
which is going to be a very, very good one. Hobart coming off of that win uh, over Bryant there, where uh, <clears throat> we had a, a 23 save performance. Pull the box score of that one up here real quick. I think it was a 23-save game for Kevin Holtby um, there. Yeah, 23-save game for Kevin Holtby uh, for Hobart in cage. Unbelievable performance there um, in that one. Um, so the the NEC is going to be interesting. Um, you know, Bryant, they've looked really good this year. You know, they kind of had two, you know, uncharacteristically bad years in a row. Um, obviously last year not being a full season, but you know they've had two uncharacteristically bad seasons, and they come into this year, they get that nine eight win over over uh, Providence, they get that you no know, they lose to Stony Brook, but they bounce back. They beat Vermont, they beat Merrimack twenty to eight, beat Wagner, beat Merrimack again, uh, <clears throat> this time eleven to ten, and they fall eleven to t- uh, eleven to ten against Hobart last weekend. Uh, they've got a big one coming up this weekend against LIU. LIU, I mentioned, coming off that loss. Hobart, uh, um, Bryant also coming off that loss. Uh, this is going to be a very intriguing one uh, this weekend. Really two intriguing matchups in the NEC this weekend that could shake up uh, the top tier of the conference. Outside of St. Joe's, LIU, Hobart, and Bryant, you have Merrimack sitting there at fifth, and then Mount St. Mary's, Sacred Heart, and Wagner are having uh, not so good seasons. Mount St. Mary's 0-3 in conference play, 1-7 overall. Sacred Heart 0-3 in conference play, 1-7 overall. Wagner 0-6 overall, 0-4 in conference play. Uh, they've had some close ones, but uh, they, they offensively not been too good. Have only gotten over uh, double digits one time this season. Um, you know, did play LIU about as good as, as you could have hoped, but uh, not a good year for Wagner, not a good year for Sacred Heart. And then I think Mount St. Mary's has to be one of the most disappointing teams in the country. You know, coming into the season, there was a lot of hope that this team could be a you know potential NEC threat um, to that upper tier of Hobart and, and, and Bryant. They have not been that. Um, you know, they played a close one against Hobart uh, two times in a row. They've played a close one against St. Uh, Joe's. Um, their game last weekend against VMI was postponed, I believe. Um <clears throat> That's correct there. Yeah, got postponed. Um, and that one is now on the uh, on Tuesday. Oh, no, excuse me. That game is on Tuesday. I was thinking we were already past the 7th. Um, they got VMI on uh, <clears throat> on Tuesday. Uh, on uh, Wednesday. I mean, Wednesday. Getting my days mixed up here. Got a VMI game on Wednesday. It was uh, the O'Brien game two weekends ago. Um, well, three weekends ago now that... Uh, was postponed. So uh, Mount St. Mary's, you know, have, has had some close ones. Could they potentially get some wins here late and um, pop off and, and, and get to that NEC tournament? Possibly. Um, no, I don't exactly, let's pull this up here. I don't exactly know what they're doing for the conference tournament. Um, they're usually, you know, semifinals and finals. I haven't seen anything that has said that's what it's going to be again this year, but I haven't seen anything against it. So I assume that's what it's going to be. Um, you know, and, and at the moment, I think right now with what we've seen is kind of outside of LIU, uh, you know, replacing what, where we thought Mount St. Mary's would possibly be. Um, you know, I thought LIU would be kind of hanging on the outside there, you know, being kind of the first team out, if you will, in the NEC, but they're playing very well this season, and uh, it's going to be an interesting one down the stretch here in the NEC for sure. <clears throat> Last two conferences here, um, 
we have the Patriot League and the SoCon. So the Patriot League, you know, while most teams, you know, most conferences, I should say, um, used this year and expanded the playoff pool, uh, Big Ten, who else? The uh, CIA, please, the only two um, that are doing that. Um, just off the top of my head, but we, we've seen that for multiple conferences. The Patriot League actually used this opportunity to shrink their playoff. So instead of doing a quarterfinal, semis, and final like they usually done, which that quarterfinal games, those quarterfinal games are always very intriguing. I remember a few years ago, Boston, you upset you know, Bucknell. We, we all thought, Oh, they're gonna get to the to the title game, and even if they lose to, I think it was Loyola or Lehigh, was favored to go to the tournament to the title game that you, you know, it was like even if they lose, you know, Bucknell could still get in the NCAA tournament, and, and they were a very fun team to watch. And I remember Boston U, first time they get in the postseason, they upset they upset Bucknell in that quarterfinals, and uh, they went on. Uh, don't. I cannot remember if they went to the finals and lost or if they went or if they lost in the semis, but I know they blew everything out of proportion. Uh, you know, busted, you know, essentially busted the bubble there uh, for the NCAA tournament a bit. Um, so I've always loved the the format of the Patriot League. I'm really disappointed that they've done that this year. Um, you know, but it is what it is. And, um, you know, with doing that, they've split these two, the conference, into two leagues, the North and the South. Um, and the top two from each are going to go. And something that a lot of people didn't realize, so Loyola, because they have, so because they, who they lose to? They lost to, okay, because they have that loss um, against Lehigh, you know, if they were, if they would have lost against Navy, they essentially would have been out of contention already. So if they would have lost over the weekend, they would have been one and uh, two and two, and essentially out of it. And Navy would have been two and zero oh, uh, along with Lehigh. So at the moment in the South, Lehigh and Loyola look like the two teams that are going to go in the North. Army and Boston U look like the two teams that are going to go. I, I don't see anything else really transpiring. Um, no, Loyola does have, let's see, they do have a game against Army this weekend. Will be a big one there. And then they play Navy again. And then Lafayette. Um, you know, you know I, 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 at this moment, I, I want to say Lehigh is the favorite to win the whole conference. Uh, the conference tournament, but you know, any obviously anything can happen. You know, Loyola. You know, I, I do think that doing this way, um, it, it makes it more intriguing in terms of the race, um, especially in the South. The North is kind of you have Colgate and Holy Cross up there, and I don't think any of those teams are going to beat Boston U or Army. Uh, just you know, nothing against those two teams, but there's not up to that caliber this year. Um, but you have Navy as that third team in the South, and if they can somehow, you know, finagle themselves into the top two there, like that's going to be a fun race to watch uh, to see what they can do. Lafayette, Bucknell are sitting there at the bottom of the South division, so you know, it, 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 it you know certainly looks like it's uh, I don't want to say set in stone, but it certainly looks like you know what we expected um, was going to transpire is kind of transpiring. I think the only thing is Loyola. Um, and I do worry, I do wonder if Loyola, if they don't win the Patriot League, if they would make the NCAA tournament because the, as I mentioned, the ACC is so good. No, I mentioned I don't think the Big Ten is going to get three in. Um, I think Loyola having that Georgetown game at the end um, is, is a big deal. If they do end up playing that, I think that's a big deal, and that could be a big booster for them, um, especially if they get knocked out in the uh, Patriot League semifinals. You no, know, 
I think would they end up – I don't exactly know how they're going to do it, but I would assume they play Boston. If it started today, I assume they play Boston U. I assume they could beat them. Um, I've seen Boston U a bit this year, but not a ton. Um, I, I know they've got some really good players on that team, really good offense. Timmy Lay has been impressive, among other guys. So, um, no, that's definitely a difficult team, uh, no doubt about it. But I would assume Loyola beats wins that one. And then I would assume it would probably be Lehigh and uh, – no, you know what? It would probably be Army and because uh, it's the top two in each. So it would probably be Army and Boston U and Lehigh and Loyola if we're doing – one, two, three, four, like that. Um, well, well, I'll, I'll, I'll go down that rabbit hole later on in the season when we get closer to uh, conference tournament time. Here in about a month, we can go down that rabbit hole, uh, but don't want to go down there too far at the moment. Here, moving on to the SoCon. Look, Richmond, Jacksonville, High Point, Mercer. I don't think there's anything else we need to say. I think it's pretty set in stone. Um, Air Force, they do have... They play Jacksonville this weekend, and then they play High Point and Richmond in the season. You know, if they beat High Point, if they beat Jacksonville, they can jump up there. Um, Jacksonville coming off a loss to Robert Morris. Uh, Mercer has coming up. They have Richmond this weekend. I don't think they're going to win that one. And then they have High Point, VMI, and Bellarmine. They lost to Bellarmine in the first game of the season. Now, that was a different Mercer team. I don't think Bellarmine is necessarily going to get the win there uh, like they did last time. But, you know, having played them close despite the uh, – face-off deficit, even without Sean Goldsmith, um, I, I think does make that game intriguing um, and would certainly be intriguing if it is comes down to a situation where Moso needs to win and Air Force needs to win. But with Moso beating Air Force, because um, I think so Moso's beaten Air Force, Air Force beat Bellarmine. I think if Moso beat, if it comes down to a tiebreaker, Moso beating Air Force, um, if it comes down to a tiebreaker, then I think the Bellarmine game would be the tiebreaker um, in that situation. I know that we there's been some stuff like that in the past in the SoCon where it comes down to, um, okay, well, you beat this team, but they beat this team who beat you, and there's a tiebreaker there, and then you go to um, I get, next opponent of, okay, did you beat this team, but you didn't, this team gets in. Um, that was probably sound, sounded confusing, but um, I, that's how they've had to do it a couple times in the past. I think 2016, that's how uh, Bellman got in because they had beaten High Point and then High Point lost to, or High Point beat Mercer. But Bellman, it was it was confusing, um, and again, not going to go down that rabbit hole today. Um, but we are going to move on here. Uh, so, you no, know, to wrap up the SoCon, I guess Richmond is the top team. I don't expect anything else. I think they're in the NCAA tournament. Blah blah blah. They're going to be the one team in there. Don't don't worry about the rest of them. Uh, if you, you know one of those people that's trying to. Okay, who, who's going to get in here? Who's going to get the AQ here? It's Richmond's getting that AQ. Moving on to some uh, games coming up this midweek. Uh, we do have VMI and Mount St. Mary's on Wednesday. Uh, but the two big ones I want to mention, Syracuse and Albany on Thursday and Hofstra and UMass on Friday. We also have Monmouth, Detroit, Mercy on Friday. So Syracuse welcoming in Albany. Uh, Syracuse, you know, this is a game where they can reclaim some uh, confidence that was lost in that Notre Dame loss. 
I think Syracuse wins this game. Um, you know, I am interested though into this Albany offense, even without Dehoka, uh, with a guy like Graydon Hogg, a guy like Jacob Patterson, Kyle Casey, how things, you know, how this and how do I put this? How they stack up against the Syracuse defense, which has been pretty bad. And I also do wonder about if Andreas can uh, get, no, Reagan Andreas is 51% for Albany this year, played pretty well against UMass for the first three quarters. Um, can he take it to Fop, Vivello, or does Syracuse go with Jack Savage for, the, for this game? Um, I thought he did. Uh, he played pretty well against Syracuse. Wasn't what you would want him to be um, in terms of a win percentage-wise, but he gave Kyle Gallagher, he gave Charlie Leonard um, a run for their money on a couple draws and really made them fight for those wins. And, you know, even if you can just have a guy like that, that's not going to get beat off the clamp. Um you no, know, is gonna lose the game, but not gonna get beat off the clamp. Just you know, all nilly willy out there, like we see some guys do. Um, I, that might be something we see them try again if if Fop and Valello do start to struggle. Uh, would not be surprised to see Savage out there again. I'm excited for this goalie battle as well. Uh, Drake Porter and Liam Donnelly in cage, obviously two really good goalies. Two, Donnelly's been the more consistent of the two this year. Uh, Porter has been up and down uh, for stretches, but has mostly been pretty decent and has been the top team, or the top, not top team, but the uh, top guy on that Syracuse defense. Really, has been the Syracuse defense multiple <laughs> multiple times this year. So, uh, going to be a good one there. Um, I expect a Syracuse win, but uh, I wouldn't put it past them to, you know, we saw what Vermont did did to uh, Syracuse. We saw what Vermont did to Albany, and that was a close one. So, uh, you know, and this is a different Albany team. I've I've mentioned we've seen different iterations of it. We could see a different iteration of it again. They have a deep offense that I've, I've really liked seeing progress and diversify this year. So, who knows what we're going to get from Albany out of this one? But uh, I think this is going to be one where Syracuse is going to want to come out. Uh, hot and heavy, and get some momentum back after taking that loss against Notre Dame. UMass and Hofstra on Friday. Uh, the biggest one on Friday here, you know, Ryan Tierney, Justin Linsky, Alex Kincannon. Well, Kincannon did not play on uh, Saturday, um, I believe. Was it Saturday or was that Tuesday's game? I know there was one game... Let's click on his little bio here. Um, yeah, yeah, okay, he played neither. He did not play in either of those two games. I didn't think so. So, Kincannon, is he going to come back for this one? I don't know. Was it a – I don't know if it was a COVID situation, injury, um, or whatnot, but, uh, you know, we'll be interested to see if he comes back out for this one um, as he hasn't been there the past two games. For UMass, look, man, no, this was a close. I think this is a closer game than it was last week. Um, we saw UMass dominate the ground ball battle, but everywhere else it was pretty freaking even. Um, UMass was able to catch some sparks um, early on and was able to hold Hofstra through a, a bit of a comeback there in the third. Um, UMass is coming off a loss again into this one. UMass, I mentioned, they like to play mad. Um, they're going to come out, they're going to play mad, they're going to play pissed off, and UMass is going to get this win. I, I I just do not see Hofstra getting this one. Could it be closer than it was last time? Certainly. And last week, uh, I forgot the score of that one. It was 16-10. to 10. Could it be a 13-10 game? Possibly. Could it be an 11-10 game? Possibly. Both these teams are very good. Both the, these teams have good offenses. UMass, I think, has the upper hand defensively. Um, but we did see last week where Hofstra did expose UMass was going behind the cage, 
initiating from behind. UMass was a lot of times quick to slide, leaving a guy open there. Um, and they were able to get some shots off the wing, off those feeds from behind. Um, we saw sometimes where they, after that had happened a couple times, they were hesitant to slide. It didn't want to come off a guy. And they left a, a lot of green open for, for some easy shots. So um, the only way I see Hofstra winning this one, even if they get a get the edge at the faceoff dot, get the edge in those places like they had like they did in the last game. Even if UMass plays mad like they did last game, like they do usually coming off of losses. I think the only way Hofstra get Hofstra gets this win is if they can expose those same issues they were able to for periods of the game against UMass last time, and they didn't do it for very long. UMass adjusted, but I think if they do expose those holes, expose those weak areas, they could possibly pull off the win, but like I said, I, I do think UMass coming in is is the better team, the more talented team, and they're coming off a loss. I, I don't see Hofstra getting a win here. I see UMass taking this one for a second time. Uh, and just it will be what they played on Tuesday. So this will be a, a week and a week and three days, not even a week and a half. So, um, no, playing, playing, beating a team twice is difficult, but, you know, coming into this one and looking at the circumstances, I do think UMass is, has to be favored in this one, will likely get the win. Uh, that is it for today's episode. As always, thank you all for listening. You can listen to the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio Podcast, uh, multiple other platforms. You can leave a five-star review on the Apple Podcast app. Uh, no other ones allow you to do uh, reviews. Not sure why, but Apple is the uh, one where you can do a review Leave a five-star review on the Apple Podcast app. You can connect with us on social media at Lacrosse Bucket on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. My personal at Tanner underscore Demling. LacrosseBucket.com is the website. Have a great rest of the week. We will see y'all on Thursday, and I hope y'all enjoy the lacrosse.